Men, when they ejaculate, like they lose that life force. But women, the math is the more, the better. It's like women can truly like orgasm and hold that life force and it actually can charge them up. It's actually, I think we're just so under orgasmed. It's like the systems aren't working as they were designed uh, because I do think we're sort of hypersexualized and undersexed. Welcome to Better with Dr. Stephanie. I am your host, Dr. Stephanie Estima. This show is for women just like you with a deep desire for learning, self-actualization, and becoming more of who you already are. Every week, we are going to deconstruct how to build better bodies, better minds, better relationships, better sex, and better families. I'll be giving you access to world-class thought leaders to help give you the tools to answer this question. What are the simplest things that you can do today to get better tomorrow? I am part geek, part magic, and want to share the juiciest questions, topics, and often taboo conversations that I think I've always wanted to be a part of and I wanted to be having. So let's get better together. Hey, hey, Bettys, welcome back to another episode of Better with Dr. Stephanie. It's me, your host, Dr. Stephanie Estima. Oh, is it hot in here or it's just me? Oh my goodness, just the conversation that you are about to hear with Emily Fletcher and myself. This as an early warning, if you are listening to this with little ears nearby, might be a time to put in the headphones or save for another time. This is very much an adult conversation. Um, we are talking all about sex magic. What does that even mean, you are asking? Well, let me tell you. So Emily has been on the show uh, before. She's talked about uh, her meditation, mindfulness, and manifestation practice. That is Ziva, a world-renowned uh, company that teaches meditation practices, 40,000 students worldwide, hugely successful. And we are talking about the we'll say the alliteration of the manifestation piece, specifically how we can use sex and orgasms to manifest the life of our dreams, to get closer to our own divinity and to get closer to God, the, div the divine in ourselves, the divine in our partners um, and the divine in the world. Now, there are a lot of words that we use um, that maybe you haven't heard before, or maybe you have heard them and they have a negative connotation. We are trying to really reclaim this. This is, this is a conversation. I have to say, this is the type of conversation that I have at dinner with a very close girlfriend. And now it's for all of you <laughs> to share in here. So, uh, quite a bit of vulnerability, um, that is in this episode, including, um, how both Emily and I have used, um, uh, self-pleasuring practices to manifest the goals, uh, of our dreams and what that looks like, what that feels like pleasure practices. We talk about 
why women have such a hang up about sex. Like, why are we not coming as fast as, is it something wrong with me? Like, why is my partner, you know, obviously assuming a heterosexual relationship, uh, why can my male partner, let's say, um, you know, climax so quickly and I'm here for like 10 minutes, you know, 20 minutes, that kind of thing. So we talk about this, this patriarchal infusion of this idea that women, um, orgasm or come very, very quickly. Um, of course it's not supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be delicious and lingering and over a vast span of time. We talk about why we have so much shame around it. We talk about some of the cultural uh, uh, roots of that, the patriarchy. We talk about the church. We talk about Mary Magdalene. My goodness, this is, this is, this is a conversation. I hope that you enjoy it as much as I had having it. And I would love to know if this is more of the type of conversation that you would like to hear. This is something that I am absolutely, um, in enthralled with, I have a rapture. Uh, we can say I am enraptured with this, um, with this topic of how we can use sex as a healing tool and how we can use it to honor and have reverence for, um, even if it's just the meat sack, have reverence for your meat sack, but have reverence for the divinity within all of us. So without further delay, sex, magic, and witchcraft, <laughs> a little bit of witchcraft. We get a little witchy, uh, with Emily Fletcher. I get a lot of questions about how to ease perimenopause and menopause symptoms. And here's a really simple answer for you. Take a good mineral supplement. Your body loses a ton of minerals as you transition through perimenopause and menopause, and mineral deficiencies make a lot of the common symptoms worse. For example, if you're struggling with poor sleep, fatigue, joint pain, hot flashes, or any other side effects that are wearing you down, you might think about giving Beam Minerals a try. Their full-spectrum mineral supplement contains every single mineral that you lose during perimenopause and menopause. And there is a meaningful dose here with close to 100% bioavailability. All you have to do is take a shot of liquid every morning to replenish your mineral stores and ease the symptoms that you might be experiencing. Beam Minerals just taste like water and you'll feel the difference within a few days. Head over to beamminerals.com and use the code BETTER for 20% off. All right, Emily Fletcher, thrice three-time guest on The Better Show. Welcome back. Three I'm so happy to have you here. lady, but probably the least ladylike stuff we're ever going to talk about. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> or maybe the most ladylike stuff we're going to talk that's about. That's it. <laughs> we, uh, you were recently, I, I was saying this to you in the pre-chat, um, we're on my, uh, my fiance's show, Giovanni. Um, and one of his employees was like, you know what? She was talking a lot about like sex and sex magic. And I think that that's really up your alley. And I was like, what do you, what'd you say now? Like write the email right now. Like I need her on the show. We have to talk about sex. We have to talk about orgasms and like the feminine, the divine. So here we are. Um, and I'm so, ha I'm so happy to have you back. I'm so happy to have this time with you. Ah, me too. This is my favorite thing to talk about. I love talking about meditation too. And to me, this is such a part of it, you know, with Ziva, like there's, there's mindfulness, there's meditation and there's manifesting. And in the past two years, I've just had this like nature's just giving me this PhD in these supercharged manifesting practices. And they involve using your most creative force, which is your life force, right? Your sexual energy. And so it feels so, I feel so grateful to be able to have this conversation. 
Oh, I love that. And I, you know, sexual energy, I think I've always liked It's, it's almost the same, if not the exact same thing as creative energy. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the reasons why even, you know, in very elite athletes, for example, they don't allow them, let's say in the Euro, I know very famously like football players are like not, they're instructed, like don't have sex with your wives during this time because it's going to deplete your, you know, your reserves for, you know, in this case, the competition or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in traditional Chinese medicine as well, there's, I remember when I was taking, I have, you know, very little, I have about 200 hours of training in, in TCM. And one of the things that they were saying was that your Jing, you know, your, this Jing energy, uh, the sexual energy, when you uh, orgasm and for men, when they ejaculate, oh. it makes them transiently weaker. So again, uh, in the context of, uh, let's say war or whatever, uh, they were counseled or the, you know, the, the, the knowledge at the time, uh, or the, you know, the rules, if you will, was not to ejaculate in the context of men anyway, uh, because it would make them weaker because it would deplete this jing energy, this like sexual energy that we have. And I'm really excited, um, to kind of dive into the, I know that those are like specific, uh, we'll call oh, but them. But that's male. not the same for women. I mean, I'm sure you know this, yes. right? Yes. Like men, when they ejaculate, like they lose that life force, but women, I mean, it's, I think the, the math is the more, the better it's like women can truly like orgasm and hold that life force and it actually can charge them up. I mean, you're, you're the doctor here, so you might know there might be a threshold for it. Um, but from what I've heard and what I've studied, it's like, it's different. And that's why semen retention is a thing, you know, for, for men, but for women, it's like, it's actually, I think we're just so un under orgasmed and it's making it's like the systems aren't working as they were designed uh, because I do think we're sort of hypersexualized and undersexed as a species. And that goes for all genders. 100%. So I started off with the sort of male example, like don't have, you know, don't have orgasms, but for women, you know, that advice is you know, completely detriment in, in the same, you know, like the whole, my whole sort of work is like women are not small men. So women, <laughs> and I, I, I talk about this all the time is that we are not little men and we do need to be looking in this, in the, in this particular case, our sexual health and our sexual energy and the cultivation of that quite differently for, for men often. And this is like, I'm, I'm, I'm creating some generalizations here. So, you know, of course, I understand that this is not the case for everyone, but it's not something that they can necessarily turn off. For women, it does seem like if you are undersexed and under orgasms, you think about it less, right? There's almost like this mechanism, and I can't explain what the mechanism is, but we don't, when we're not getting it, we're not thinking about it the same way that maybe our male counterparts do. And mm-hmm. when that happens, you know, we're going to get into like creative energy and, uh, you know, womb power. And, you know, we're going to use, we're going to, we're going to get an E on the side of this podcast. Cause we're going to use some, we're going to use some words that maybe, you know, the, maybe our younger children or whatever, if you, uh, if you don't want them exposed to this conversation, we'll make sure to put that in the intro, but we're going to be talking about pussy power. And we're going to be talking about, you know, how we actually are the ultimate creatrixes and when you can actually when you can orgasm, it can be a way that you can, when you're orgasming regularly, not only can it be, at least in my experience, it's a healing tool, but again, it's that way to call in the things that you want. So to not do it, because we, as women, we have the mechanism, if we're not getting it, we're not self-pleasing or we don't have a partner or whatever, you, you think about it less and less. So it's even more important for women to be putting their sexual health and their pleasure and their bliss uh, you know, first and foremost. 
Mm, yeah, I think making time for it, making it a priority, because otherwise it's like it'd be a pretty sad and lonely and um, like less fun life if these things just weren't available to us at all. So right. it's like, let's utilize the gift that nature has given us. And we have this whole pharmacy of love and ecstasy and bliss and connection with the divine all right inside of us. And, you know, just like in everything, you know, we, we've outsourced our energy to coffee. We've outsourced our sleep to melatonin. We've outsourced our, you know, social anxiety to alcohol. We've outsourced our creativity to THC. And we've even sort of like outsourced our sexuality to porn and to vibrators. And like, that might be a little inflammatory or confronting for people as well. But if, if you are, and look, I'm not here to judge anybody's pleasure. I'm not here to yuck anybody's yum. And I know that for myself, like I used to feel like, like I couldn't orgasm without vibrators. And it took me some time to really like make spaciousness for myself. I had to retrain my body, like a slow ascent, I had to retrain my body acceptance of where I am. I had to retrain my body. Well, not retrain, but train my body how to work on energetic planes. And, and I'm so glad that I did because then the, the range of what is possible, the range of what's available to you, the depth of the experience, and also the, the lingering impacts and benefits of the orgasm are much stronger. Like people would say to me, like once I got, I got rid of my vibrators and I got um, like a rose quartz wand and every single time I used it without fail, like I would have three people be like, wow, you're glowing. God, Emily, you're glowing. Emily, you're glowing. And look, like, admittedly, I will get that sometimes in my life. And yes, the meditation helps, but this was like immediate and like many people every single time I used it. And it just felt like it was creating this inner radiance um, because I was turning myself on and doing it in this like slow, slow burn, gradual way where it was like signaling to nature that I'm willing to prioritize myself that I'm willing to prioritize um, my, for pleasure. But for me, honestly, these practices are, are the main reason why I'm engaging them in them is that it feels like the fastest path to God that I've found. It feels like a connection with the divine. And about almost two years ago, I met my best friend, Layla Martin, who's like one of the world's greatest Tantra teachers. And she very kindly, um, like she's done many, many ceremonies and facilitations and initiations for me over the last year and a half. And in our first one, she said to me, she said for tens of thousands of years, ecstasy was seen as a purifying force. For tens of thousands of years, ecstasy was seen and used as a purifying force. And it just blew my mind wide open. I was like, of course, that's the cleanest I ever feel is right after I orgasm. Right. And then, and yet what are we taught about it? Oh, that's dirty. That's, that's kinky. That's funky. That's shameful. That's slutty. That's naughty. That's bad. You're so bad. That's so wrong. Ooh, dirty. I mean, I mean, it's like, we even use it. We've even reclaimed it as like a turn on, but these words, dirt, shame, naughty, like what, what? Mm-hmm. And that's why these high priestesses from our past, these like, just basically like religious light workers were, are now portrayed as whores in our, in our modern like vernacular and the way that we're seeing them, but actually they were more akin to, to priestesses or priests, like they were doing temple work. And so I just think that if we start to reignite and reintroduce these archetypes into modern, like common vernacular, it's going to give us much more beautiful 
ways to evolve because like you can't be it if you can't see it right and once you understand that these archetypes have been throughout history and they are currently on the planet it allows us to reframe our own relationship with our sexuality so beautifully said um your throat chakra my goodness you can orate like no one else like i could just listen to you and i'm like go on yes please what else do you have to tell me <laughs> you know so, i did my human design and my throat is open it, and so I, yes 100 percent and I was fascinated about that because you'd think like, oh, I'm a speaker, I'm a teacher, I'm a writer. I think it would be full, but actually it's the opposite. It's like, no, I'm able to really like get into the state of consciousness of you. And hopefully the listeners, even though they're, it's like not in the same time space, you know, they're in a future time space. But that to me is like one of the fun things to play with is like, can you preemptively tune into the state of consciousness of the listeners and allow yourself to be a channel for whatever questions, ideas, issues, blocks they're having, which let's just make that our collective prayer right now that you and I both are able to like tap in to the desires, to the questions, to the curiosities and to the needs of everyone who will listen to this. I love it. Okay. So I have so many questions. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> so many questions. All right. So you mentioned you've gotten rid of all of your vibrators. I love the term wand. I find that it's a much more be like, I'm thinking like, this is like, you know, what someone might refer to as maybe like a dildo, something like that. Um, I just love the term wand because I always, I actually say this to my partner, uh, Giovanni, uh, that, you know, he is a wand of light so that when he, you know, let's say we're together and we're having, uh, we'll say penetrative sex, right? Like sort of heterosexual sex, um, that I, I feel like there is like a healing that happens. So I actually love the word wand that you said that I was wow. like, Oh, that's what I, I, I call what it a, gift. a wand of light. <laughs> you share that with him, right? So that yeah. he can like embody that himself. Like what a gift. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you got rid of your vibrators because you had this story in your head or maybe this preconception or belief that the only way that you could climax would be with uh, a tool, let's say that was like primarily for clitoral stimulation. Mm -hmm. And I've had, um, I've had people on the show, uh, Dr. Lori Mintz, uh, who is out of Florida, who has talked about this idea that, uh, we really shame the idea of a clitoral orgasm, that mm. this is actually one of the primary ways that most women, let's say, orgasm. So you're talking about something that I think is blowing the mind of the woman that's listening. Like, oh my gosh, there's something else beyond, like we're not, and we're not saying that clitoral orgasms are not. No, I mean, I still, I'm almost exclusively clitoral orgasmer. So what does it mean when you say that you have, you have allowed your body uh, time and space, let's say this mm -hmm. expansion to happen where you're sending this, you know, this energetic signal and I'm mm -hmm. using your words and you can certainly expand on them as, as you want, um, to, to send this signal that you're giving yourself the time to elevate your, your frequency, your vibrational capacity, your mm -hmm. ability to receive, to be that conduit. Like what, what does it mean when you are only using, let's say wands and please tell me, we, maybe we'll put, um, maybe you can share with me where the rose quart wand is from yes, because I, totally. I actually love, I love rose quartz. It's one of my favorites. I, do too, but I will say that Layla is not about rose quartz. Like I personally love mine mm -hmm. and she thinks they're a little dangerous because they can be porous. And so if you don't uh, clean them right away, they can, they can be infected. Also, sometimes they can shatter because they are like, they um, will have striations in them. So she's glass. more of a fan of like jade or glass or onyx right. um, or obsidian even, but, um, but I personally love my rose quartz and I just clean it right afterwards. Mm -hmm. But really, I mean, the, the tool is, dare I say, almost irrelevant. Mm 
Um, I do think there's something to like having a gemstone inside of your womb space, just like in, in like Yoni egg practices. I do think that there is some validity to like clearing out the trauma and the energy of your womb by using like precious gemstones. Um, so there is something to that. But for me, what was the, the biggest shift was actually the time. Right. It's like time is our most valuable resource. And to be honest, I still struggle with this to some degree. Um, But like taking like an hour where I would like take a bath, put on lingerie, like play music, get everything ready. And it's just me. Right. It's just me and God. I'm not doing this for someone else. I'm not doing it's not like, oh, I have five minutes and I'm just feeling like overwhelmed. I'm being distracted by my sexual energy. So I have to go for my friend. um, uh. Oh, Dr. Kat Meyer says procrastination. Um, so it's not that it's not like, well, just let me orgasm so I can focus better or I'm nervous. So let me use this as a state shift. This is actually about sacred time for, for me and for God. And, and I will say that this became much more like I was only really willing to prioritize this once I understood the connection between my sexual energy and my creative energy, meaning once I understood um, like using pleasure practices to call in your desires, to magnetize your desires. So it's like manifesting and then pouring jet fuel on it. And I learned this again from Layla Martin, which was sex magic, which is honestly, I don't love the term sex magic because it's neither sex nor magic, like, because you can do it, meaning it doesn't have to be penetrative sex. It doesn't have to, you could be by yourself. You could be with a partner. You could be in a group. There's many different ways to engage in it, but just cliff notes on sex magic, as I was taught by Layla is that you are holding a vision. Like before you even start any sort of pleasure practice, you hold a vision of something that you would love to create. And this is what I teach in days 13 through 15 of Ziva online. Like, what would you love right now? And getting crystal clear on that vision, asking yourself all sorts of questions, creating this five senses reality. So that part I got down. Great. If you've done Ziva, you know how to do that. And then we take it to the next level where we start to build our life force energy and life force energy is my word for create or for sexual charge. Right. And, and, and here's a practice that I would love to share with everybody right now. Like as I talk about sex magic and also just as like a really valuable tool to take with you, learning how to detect your level of charge right now. And, and then checking in if you're with a partner or a group of people, like what's your level of charge. And I recommend doing it as if you're looking at a thermostat. What, what, how, t- what temperature is in here now? Oh, it's 74. I'd like it a little warmer. I'm going to turn this dial up a little bit. Oh, it's, oh, it's, um, it's 82. I'd like it a little cooler. I'm going to turn it down. And so with no judgment, with no shame, with no should, with no shouldn't, I shouldn't be this turned on. I should be more turned on all those stories that we tell ourselves. What if instead we just check, what is my level of charge? 10 being like, whoa, like I'm in full, like orgasm state. And zero being like, you know, is this thing on? Am I a corpse? Like, you know, almost. <laughs> yeah. And, and to be on, and then, and then figuring out like, what's your optimal level of charge throughout your day. For most of us, it's like a six or a seven, right. Where you can be engaged, creative in flow lit up, but not having to go procrastinate. Right. Um, once you get into eight, nine, 10 territory, then you're like, you know, let me add it. And also like zero, one, two, not optimal for vitality, healing, exercise, creativity. So what's my level of charge? Just noticing where you are. And if it's a negative two, cool. Be great with the fact that you're a negative two. And if you're with a partner, check in with them. What's your level of charge before you've ever started? 
And then you take any weight, any responsibility, any should or shouldn't off of each other's shoulders. And you just work with what is. Okay, well, you're at an eight right now and I'm at a negative two. So what's gonna be a fun way for us to get into coherence with each other? How are we gonna meet each other? Because ultimately when we're engaging in like two person unioning of any sort, we're creating a third thing. Like how do we create that third energy body? What we would call the ka body. so we got to get what into that, coherence. What does that mean? That. What does ka body mean? Ka body is K-A. And this is actually something that's in the Magdalene manuscripts, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a yes, moment. But it is, um, it is, is the third thing. So if your body, there's your partner's body, but then when you're unioning both physically and energetically, the, you don't have just your energetic cycles or circuits anymore. You know, like and with our body, we have closed energetic circuits. But when you start making love and like your mouths are connecting, your genitals are connecting, your hearts are connecting, your your crown chakras are connecting. So like the circuit becomes um, flowing through the two bodies, right? Or however many bodies are there. And so we want to think about the third thing. And if, if one part of the third thing is vibrating at an eight and the, and the other part of the third thing is vibrating at a negative two, then the circuit is not balanced. It's not completed. Right. So we really have to find ways to get into coherence with each other, but that requires being honest about where we are. Right. So with sex magic, back to sex magic, when you start, it's like checking in, right. You hold the vision and then checking in. Where am I right now? You know, I'm at a four. Great. Um, and just, well, what, and then you just breathe a little bit. And could you imagine just going into a five? Like if you're at a four, could you imagine what a five feels like? Can you remember a time that you were at a five? Could you just simply take a few breaths into your genitals, a few breaths all the way down into your beautiful pussy and see if that doesn't just make you feel a little bit more in your body versus we spend so much time and energy in our heads. And sometimes it's just as simple as a few breaths just to really get present. So then with sex magic, you start to build your life force, you build your sexual energy, you build that charge and you, and you can, I mean, I would honestly recommend starting with manual stimulation, meaning masturbation. I think that that is easier than if you start energetically, you can do this work with breath and energy. I just think it's more advanced than manual stimulation. So you would start like touching yourself. I, I got to tell you, I prefer, I prefer the masturbation. <laughs> I, prefer, yeah. I prefer it. I mean, I, I do the, I do I'm a Ziva graduate. I love, I love, uh, and I've done breath work. I've had, facil- I've had facilitators on the podcast who are just like world-class. Yeah. And I can tell you that all- time after time again, when I want to manifest something or if I'm trying to clear stress. So I know one of the, one of the, um, we'll say verticals of Ziva is like, and meditation in general is this idea that we have old stress and then we have stress that's accumulating over time. And one of the things I've heard you say, you've said it on the podcast as well, is if you don't deal with the stress in whatever way, breathwork, meditation, orgasming, whatever, you will eventually, you know, you've said something to the, I'm paraphrasing, but you you eventually cut it out as cancer or you cut it out as a chronic disease or, or whatever, or whatever. And I have often found that in in the same way that meditation helps center me, calm me down and clear me out, I have I have found that sex and orgasming for me at least um is the best way. It it, it is a cleansing force for me. 
It is a cleansing yeah. force for me. Yeah. I love that. And, and it, it is, I mean, there's a whole chemical flush that happens. So like, that's the idea with sex magic, right? So you start to build that charge. So you're doing manual stimulation. You build that charge at your root chakra, your root energy center, and you bring it up into your womb or, you know, your dantian, and then you bring it up into your solar plexus and then your heart and your throat, and then up into your third eye. And you're building, building, building the charge all the while, while you're imagining this energy. And then once you get to your crown, once you bring that energy to your crown, then if orgasm is available to you or whatever your peak pleasure state is at that moment, then in that beautiful pleasurable state, you would send that energy to your dream, to the vision. And then in that afterglow, you sort of let that five senses reality just wash all over you. And I found that big insight can come in these times, big downloads, even just holding the vision of the thing that you're calling towards you is so beautiful to do there because now you're really in your body. You're not in your head. You're very connected to God, right? Because you, you have, you've transcended the left brain and accessed the right. You know, they, in France, in French, they, French, they call orgasming le petit mort, right? It's the little death, which is the same as meditation. It's practicing dying. You're transcending individuality and connecting with totality. So here you are, you have this beautiful, expanded, connected state, and you've quite literally expanded the size of your electromagnetic field. So your magnet is getting bigger and stronger when you're in this state. So you might as well be deliberate about what you are magnetizing towards you. Right. And so it's really, truly a sacred time. And then I recommend that people treat that afterwards like a Shavasana, you know, that you really like protect it. You lay down, you could play music if you like, but just let those visions, let those feelings wash over you. And and honestly, I would recommend checking out Layla Martin has beautiful videos on this and blog posts on this and and the way that she speaks about this and the science behind it and, and, and what's happening when you move your dream out of just your prefrontal cortex and move the dream into your body, like the power in that as well is, is awesome. So once I understood that I could really marry my orgasm and my sex practice with my manifestation practice, to be honest, this is the thing that reprioritized it for me. Um, and so I would actually make spaciousness for myself and it's been so fun. And then on top of this, again, in addition, the day that I met Layla, I also met my cosmic lover, Adam, and he and I have been long distance for almost two years. So I live in New York, he lives in Austin. And so inside of that, it seems horrible if you were like, how have you guys done? It's long distance. It's so hard. Um, and, but part of it was a pandemic, you know, so it was like everyone was sort of isolated anyway, to some degree, but also it gave us superpowers. Like we were able to grow our energy bodies big enough to where it didn't feel like long distance. And so now, even when our physical bodies are in the same location, we're able to interact with each other in all of these different modalities to where that the, the, the physiology, like the physicality is not irrelevant, but almost irrelevant. And I bring this up because I think it's really important because for trans people who don't really feel turned on or comfortable in their bodies, for people who have physical shame about their bodies, for people who have trauma in their bodies, for anyone who's like, or or pelvic pain, you know, I know for a lot of women like, um, orgasm and penetration is painful, or they have a latex allergy, or they don't um, create the lubrication that they would like. There's a zillion reasons why sometimes these meat suits can sort of slow us down or get in the way from our dream orgasm state. And so I just, for anyone who's dealing with that, or for people that just want to expand their sexual vocabulary, like there is, there are all these energetic realms that you can play in. And it's so beautiful because if you're able to like penetrate someone's heart with your womb, right? Or have someone's like 
mind, like actually like their third eye penetrating your solar plexus, then it's, then it's, it just frees up. Like then your entire body becomes an erogenous zone. And I have this theory that if both people who identified as women and people who identified as men created this like symbiosis and balance of penetrating and being penetrated, right? Of like giving and receiving in equal measure. I'm fascinated to see like what would happen societally with misogyny, with patriarchy, with transphobia, with homophobia. Because if you look at our language, one of the, just like you were saying, we were saying earlier, like what's one of the worst insults you could call a person? A pussy. You're such a pussy. You're weak. You're, you're scared. You're, you're feeble. Like that's like a pathetic excuse for a person. You stupid pussy. Yeah. And meanwhile, this is like the the matrix point of the entirety of humanity. It's like you're here because of a pussy. That's right. Yeah. It is the pleasure portal. (laughs) There's 8,000 nerve endings in the clitoris alone. You all came out of it. Um, so like there's one piece, but then the other piece is when we say that someone took advantage of you, when someone wronged you in business, when you say, when something horrible happened to you, what do you say? Oh, you got fucked. Oh my God. I got totally fucked over. Oh, I got screwed. And like, that is the feminine, like, like for cisgendered heterosexual, like that you being penetrated, we have as a synonym for the, for a terrible thing that happened to you. And it's like, last time I checked being penetrated is not in fact terrible. Now, do you mean rape? Like, is that, are we making those synonymous? Because that's something that we have to examine inside of our vocabulary. Like that needs to be uncoupled immediately. And, and I, I try and watch myself. Even in homosexual relationships, and I'm talking now about ancient Greece, so not current today, but there, and I can't, re- I can't remember the words offhand. I'll try to find them for the show notes, but there were different, even in like a heteros, uh, sorry, a homosexual to men, let's say mm-hmm. there was a different word that they used for the person who let's say was penetrating, like the mm-hmm. penetrator and the penetrated. Right. Mm-hmm. So there, so there's always like that, 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 um, uh, and there was almost like pride, let's say, in being the person who is the person who is penetrating. Mm-hmm. I will find the words. There's so interesting. It's, it's so fascinating. And, and for me, I'm like, well, wait, if you are a, if you identify as a man, right. And let's say that you are not um, you're not in a homosexual relationship. You're not a bottom. Like you would consider yourself a penetrator. I don't know what that word is, but I know I don't know the word. Um, <laughs> yeah, someone who penetrates. Yeah. But like, why would you? Why would you rob yourself of like at least fifty percent, if not more, of a percentage of types of pleasure that are available to you? Like, by the way, like men's G spot is in their bum hole. Okay, mm-hmm. it's like you're you're um what's it the glands. The prostate, right? Like that's the equivalent of a male G spot. And and yet like, it's such an unexplored region. And I think it's largely because of misogyny and homophobia. So anyway, I just think that we have so much available to us. And I think that it's really important that we start to examine all of the layers of conditioning that has happened societally through religion, through culture to very on purpose divorce us from our most creative power and our most divine power because people who are connected to their pleasure and connected directly to god are very hard to control 
Sodium is an essential nutrient involved in the maintenance of normal cellular balance, the regulation of fluid and electrolytes, and your blood pressure. Start your morning right with a refreshing salty tonic of LMNT. It's spring season now, which means I will be enjoying watermelon or grapefruit salt on ice, and it is a fabulous way to balance stress hormones and make sure that I am maximizing my muscle gains. Element T also has a no questions asked refund policy. Try watermelon or any flavor that you want, and if you don't like it, they will refund your money no questions asked, and you don't even need to return the box. Head over to drinklmnt.com forward slash Dr. Estima. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com forward slash D-R-E-S-T-I-M-A. And you will get a free LMNT sample pack with any purchase. I want to I talk about church, but I just want to come back to what you said about sort of men and this idea of penetration, because even if you are a man, let's say, and most of my audience, they're women. So for the two men that are listening, my podcast producer, your husband, exactly. so for the two men that are listening and maybe, you know, if it's shared with them, it, it we're not necessarily like, if, if that's something you want to explore, that's amazing. But even just you know, kind of back to what you were talking about with this idea of energy, what does it energetically look like to not be in control? What does it energetically look like to surrender? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you were talking about, you know, the heart shot, like, you know, someone's third eye, you know, uh, penetrating like your heart shot. What, what would it mean or what would it feel like to feel like you're taken care of that Mm. the woman that you're with and in all of her, glory and divinity can actually wrap you up and yes. take care of you. What does yes. that look like? Yeah. I love that. And I would even add to that, like how hot would it be? And again, we're talking about like cisgendered hetero couples, but like how hot would it be if your partner, if a woman was like so deep in her desire, in her want, in her like desire to penetrate, right? And to like, to really feel into her energy cock and to almost magnetize something to her and to penetrate with it. Like it's really, it's a different flavor of desire and it's a different gear that is available inside of sex. Once you find like your own like desire to fuck versus like being fucked. And they're both beautiful. Yeah. Like they're all beautiful. Yeah. And, and my question is just like, why would you want exclusively one or the other if it's all available to you? And, and again, I'm not here to tell anybody what they should or shouldn't do, except for I, I would like to make a, uh, a an campaign invitation. for an uh, invitation, an invitation <laughs> to be curious. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's so well said. And I, and I feel like, you know, and this is boring a little bit from uh, Mama Gina, who I, um, I'm, I'm going to manifest that she comes on my show and we'll okay, she's, about- she said, yes, I just yeah. talked to her. She's my roommate. I talked to her over lunch. She wants on, she's right, going to be so here. We're going we're gonna to talk. So her work is just exquisite, but we're she, about Regina Thomas shower, AKA yes. Mama Gina, Mama AKA Gina. the author of pussy, a reclamation, yes. New York times bestseller. Yes. And if you ever want to not start a conversation on an airplane, make sure you bring that, co- that book with you and just lift it up. If you don't want to talk to the person next to you, well, I don't or, know. Maybe you do. or you want to start a really fascinating one. <laughs> exactly. So one of the things that she said, which I love is, and I forget which chapter it might be like wedding. You're like knowing, like you were just talking about this, like energy cock, right? This like light wand. Like if a woman can embody, like how sexy is it when there's a woman that knows what she wants, how she wants it, Mm 
And I think this is not from Pussy. It's from her. It's the book before that. And I'm forgetting the name. It's Pink. I forget the name before it. Uh, Womanly Woman Arts. Arts. The Womanly Arts book. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So she talks about this idea of knowing what you want. And how amazing is that? How, how annoying is it when you're trying to, let's say you have like a gaggle of girls, let's say getting together or whoever, it doesn't matter who, like not necessarily women. And it's like, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Oh, I don't know. I'm fine. It's like, no, I want to go for, I want to go to the circus and then I want a steak dinner. And then I, you know, like how much better is that? Like, this is what I want to do. Like I'm drawing a line in the sand. So this idea for men, like just kind of coming back to this idea of surrender, uh, and maybe this idea of being allowed, uh, to have someone embody, uh, we'll say, um, more masculine energy, like this hunter, right? Like I want this, this is what I want. I'm going to spear the animal. I'm going to rip the meat off the flesh and I'm going to feast on it. Like, can we, can we, can there be an, can there be oscillation in that? So can a woman be the hunter like, or the huntress, whatever. And then can she also like lay down, you know, spread her legs and say, take me, I'm yours. Mm -hmm. Do whatever you want with me. I love this so much to this, this dance, right? This ambidextrousness. And also, um, I, you know, I've been teaching manifesting now for many, many years to tens of thousands of people. And the number one issue complaint block challenge that people share is they say, Emily, I want to manifest, but I don't know what I want. Ugh, all the time. I hear that all the time. I don't know what I want to manifest. Yeah. It's like, well, what if it, and so I have a hypothesis. Like if you take the time to know what you want sexually, my hypothesis is that you're going to start to know what you want in the rest of your life as well. But if you've divorced yourself from your desire and you don't feel like you deserve to ask for what you want with your physical body and your pleasure, it's even harder to ask for the raise at work to, you know, tell someone, Hey, that doesn't feel good to me. I would prefer it when you say X, um, you know, it's just, but I do think that the, the more we build this muscle of like, what is my desire? And oftentimes this is a trauma response, right? Like if you had an abusive parent, parent or an alcoholic parent, or if it was an unstable childhood, then you might've learned codependency or fawning, which or, or people pleasing. And when you're people pleasing, you're putting other people's desires ahead of your own. And, you know, we all have it to a big degree. I would definitely consider myself a healing people pleaser and codependent. And so then it requires like, like true muscle building of what do I want? What would I love? And to what stop delegating that to other people. Like no one else is going to tell you what you want. That's right. No one else but, can. And here's the beautiful part. And this is where this becomes such a spiritual practice. Your desires are divinely inspired. Your desires are divinely inspired. Nature gave them to you because she wants you to bring them into the manifest. And so for you to not listen to your desires is actually cutting off your communication with the divine. You're disallowing nature from using you how she wants to use you to deliver your fulfillment to the world because of a trauma response, right? So look, the trauma is not your fault. The abuse is not your fault. But now that you're an adult, it is your responsibility to heal that. It is your responsibility to do whatever it takes to plug back into the divine and to reclaim your desires as holy. Yeah. And I I spoke to you in the pre-chat about wanting to talk about why this is so difficult um, for women. I think, um, you know, we were talking about trauma and I think that we certainly have to consider that in my, uh, even just in my, uh, I'll say my previous life as a chiropractor, (laughs) you know, when I was in Mm -hmm. physical practice, like nine 
eight to, you know, once I developed rapport with a patient, eight to nine times out of 10, a woman would talk about sexual trauma, uh, that she had had. I had women who had come in with back pain or head trauma who had been, you know, beaten up by whatever. So we, there's, um, I think we all want to, um, acknowledge that the trauma is there, but I think you said it really beautifully. Like we're not trying to say that doesn't matter anymore. Of course Mm -hmm. it matters. It's showing up in every aspect of your life, even though you think it happened 25 years ago, trust you, me, it's here today as well. It's directing your thoughts. It's directing your nightmares. It's directing your fears. It's why you're not setting boundaries. It's why you keep dating the same person over and over again. All, all the things. It's why you self-sabotage when you start, you know, I'm, you know, I, I do a lot of work with nutrition and metabolism. It's like why you kind of get started on the new diet, but then you don't follow through because you don't think you're worth it. Right. So can we acknowledge that it's there and and, and begin to shine a light on it in a gentle and loving way and have some grace with ourselves to say, God, that was really hard. And I was a little girl or I was a little person. Um, I didn't have the tools and I'm so proud of the way that I, I got to here, you know, I got to 2022, like I made it. Um, and then now we can start to, as you said, it's your responsibility to start to alchemize that because you know, the desires that you're not acknowledging. I, 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 and I started, I kind of hinted at this in, in my book, uh, around like, you know, understanding your desires and why sex is a tool for, I was talking about in the context of metabolism and brain health and like super dry and boring, but it was like the only way that I could like begin to, you know, talk about it, you know, probably like, let's talk about the brain benefits of orgasms, uh, which is, you know, very, still very important, but I think you want to be, we want to, we want to have a container for ourselves in the same way, Emily, if you said to me, I've had this, uh, relationship or experience, uh, that I had in my life, it was very, very difficult for me. I wouldn't be like, shut the fuck up. You know, can we like talk about something? You would never say, I mean, I would never say that. I hope you would never say that to me. I don't think you would. No. And, but we talk to ourselves like that. Mm. Right. So can we give ourselves a little bit more room for healing? And this is why I asked you at the, at the top of our conversation, like, what does it look like for you not to have a vibrator? What does it mean for you to give yourself more space? And it's like this ritual that you were talking about. And this like hour, this ceremonial, like I'm going to anoint my skin with oils. I'm going to put on lingerie. So I have this like sensory, um, you know, appreciation for the lace on my skin and I'm going to take a bath. And so all of these, all of these things I think are part of the healing and it's part of what it's part of what creates, like, that's the work, mm-hmm. you know, like the question I always hear is like, how do you do it? It's like the, like the work, you know, how you do it is by, is by, uh, some of these little small rituals and, and ceremonies that, um, that, you know, that you've described and that's what creates the resilience. And that's what starts to, as you were saying before, open up our energy, expand our energy so that we can say, you know what? I don't really like it when you make comments about, uh, my body at work or whatever, you know, you, or you talk to your mother and say, I don't like it when you show up uninvited every Saturday or, you know, or what, you know, whatever it is, whatever boundary you're trying to set. Mm. Um, and I think to your point, it's like, that's so beautifully said. And it's also like, you have to believe that you deserve it. You have to believe that you're worth it. You have to believe that you deserve that 
time, that healing, that nutritional plan, that pleasure. Right. And that takes practice, right? We have to sort of build our pleasure container and build our joy container and build our bliss container. And, and so it does, it takes some time. And, and I think time is a big thing, especially yeah. for so many women that I talk to um, around orgasm. This is one of the things we were talking about earlier of like the pressure that we put on ourselves to orgasm yes. so quickly. Yes. And, and I think that I hear this all the time when women are like, oh, well, I can orgasm really quickly when I'm by myself, but if I'm with my partner, it takes longer. And I think it's sometimes we get in this like head trip of like, oh, well, why am I not going faster? Why, why are they going faster? They seem so revved up. I'm not. And then we think, oh, there's something wrong with me. And then that becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy versus just taking the time that you need, taking the space that you need, knowing where you are. Well, I'm at a two. So I might need to dance for myself and for my partner. I might need to ask for that trap massage because I'm feeling super stressed and I can't really feel the connection between my head and my body right now. So maybe some neck love will help me to connect those two things. Maybe a feather. I highly recommend that everybody get an ostrich feather or a I'm sure there's some vegan. Oh, I um, love that. Yeah. But yeah, just like a big, like heavy feather because, and, and I've talked to some of my friends who have studied, um, you know, different forms of Tantra or sensual arts. And they say that like, no matter how, like just going so slowly, like touch, and then also with the feather or your hands, but touching so slowly. And then however slowly you're going, go a thousand times slower and a thousand times softer. And like that level, when you start to play with those subtle, subtle physical layers, then we're just a few tiny clicks away from the energetic, right? So you're sort of dancing between the manifest and the unmanifest from the physical and the divine. So there's so many like fun ways to marry these things, but not if you're in a story of, I don't deserve this. I should speed up. It's taking me too long. There's something wrong with me. I don't deserve this time. That is part, and we were talking about this in a pre-chat and I'm so glad that it came up in our natural conversation. I think that that is part of this like toxic kind of, we'll say patriarchy. Uh, And like, for the record, I like hierarchies. I think we need them to function as a society. I think we need the police. I think we need things like that. Okay. But I think that um, when you, um, how do I want to say this? When you are, when you are with a partner and the, the racket in your head is, oh my God, I'm not coming. Oh my God, what's wrong with me? I, I want to come right now. Why am I not coming right now? That is not a, ter- like, you're not going to orgasm that way. But I think that that infusion, we sort of see, let's say in, uh, and we can talk about porn if you want, but we, you know, a lot of our uh, men, and I think women are exposed to sex through porn. Like that's their first introduction Mm-hmm. to sex. And we see men sort of taking and maybe it's aggressive and it's at not at all what a accurate representation of a sacred union might look like. Mm-hmm. And I think that women, you know, and I, you know, I watched, uh, and I still do watch erotica, but the type of erotic, let's say the porn that I was first exposed to that I was like, oh my God, that looks like it really, really hurts. Like, I don't, mm. like, I don't really, I don't really want to do that. And so when you're in the like, you think that you have to look like this and it's like, that's not, that's not what, se- that's not what, se- that's not an accurate depiction of sex. There's mm. smells, there's sounds, there's positions, like quads are working, glutes are work- like, it's like, it's a workout, right? But it doesn't look like, it doesn't look like the perfectly perched 
on yeah, the or couch sound or like on the when people are recording an AVR. They're doing audio right. posts. You know, it's not live audio that they're right. recording. Totally. Right. And, and to your point, it's like the, the how you're introduced to things does matter and it will impact your like how your cells process it. Your schema. And, yes. Yeah. Yes. And so right now, like, like show me in a movie and a TV show in porn and erotica, like show me beautiful representations of sacred union or even in real life. Like there are few and far between. We're like, few. Oh, King queen. Oh, two sovereigns, queen, queen. Oh my God. Like really, truly like two amazing sovereign beings who are seeing the divinity in each other and lifting each other up. And then having that inside of a physical representation of love. It's very, 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 very rare. And again, we can't be something if we can't see something. And if the thing that we're holding as our perfect or ideal is some filtered Instagram star or porn that is misogynistic and those people aren't in any type of love, it's just a job. Again, and like I'm not here to like be insulting to porn stars. I, what I'm, what I'm advocating for is like more representations of sacred union, more representations of actually worshiping the divinity inside of our partner. Because when that happens, when you feel like your partner is worshiping you, you actually stop caring about how fast you're going to orgasm. When you start worshiping your partner, the divinity inside of your partner, like there's very little room to criticize the fact that they like didn't take out the trash or because you're seeing like their purest, highest form. And something I love from the Vedas is that people will always rise to the level of that you hold them. Right. And then we do this with our partners. Well, they're this, and we're always criticizing because we think we're helping or fixing. But if we're, if all we're doing is watering their weeds and then we're mad that they're not flowering, it's not an effective strategy. So it's really, we want to, we want to see and witness and worship the most beautiful parts of our partner and, and sex and, and lovemaking is a beautiful time to do that. And, and look, if you're really mad at your partner, like, could you even use it as a time to like invoke some other divine being and like worship that divine being even through their 3d body, if you're in some sort of a rift or rupture or something, um, so anyway, lots, lots to share there, but I love that. I love that. And I, I want to, um, I want to pivot just slightly, mm-hmm. um, because you've mentioned this a few times and you, you talk about this idea of, um, being closer to God, um, through this practice and being able to, uh, I've heard you say being able to touch, uh, or feel like you're connected to, to the divine. And I too share that. I feel like I'm never more myself, um, either like right at the point of climax and then, you know, immediately right after I'm in my body, I feel safe. I feel happy. Like Mm. the bliss chemicals, uh, all of that, all of that is happening. And I'm thinking about, you know, I was saying uh, this to you privately, but I'll just say this on the, on the show as well. Like, you know, I've heard you talk about this idea of, um, you know, using like using masturbation, let's say as a tool for manifestation. And I was like, Oh my, like in preparation, in preparation for this call, I was like, Oh my God, I have done that. Like just not having ever any instruction, but when I've wanted something really intensely and really deeply, I literally will, uh, that that's how I, that's how I, that's my manifestation technique. Yeah. So can you just tell me about that? Like, how long have you been doing it? What does it look like? Are you holding the vision the whole time? Like, I would love to know how you cognize this. I can't tell you how long I've been doing it, but I've been doing it for 
like, I feel like forever, just naturally. Great. And so what I'll, what I'll do is kind of before I start and this, I don't know how this is going to sound, but I'm just going to say it, but I, I, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking about the thing that I want and I'm usually, I don't like, I'm usually sort of, you know, touching areas that I think like for, for me, a lot of times, like I was saying to the top of the hour, I love listening to you because I feel like you're so, such a beautiful, uh, orator and such a beautiful speaker. I often find I have a lot of congestion throat and heart. So mm-hmm. I often will, uh, just naturally like, yeah, touch, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with just with my, just with my hands, or if I have like a, like a silk, I have like a little silk, um, uh, pillow, like the, the pillowcase mm-hmm. or whatever there. And then I sort of make my way down. And then I'm thinking about, um, I'm thinking about what I want, how it will feel, how it will like smell, how it will like, what it sounds like, um, and by the time this, by the time this, um, podcast, uh, airs, um, m- you know, this, this will be sort of more, maybe more public knowledge, but we just, we just purchased a house. Oh, um, congratulations. There yeah. Go. So, and this has been a dream of mine, like ever since Giovanni and I have been dating, we've been renting, which has been by choice, but I've wanted to be a homeowner with him. And so I have for like, when I think about our life, I think about how we're going to live in the home and like what the home looks like, how it smells when I make, you know, let's say a chicken or whatever I'm making in the kitchen. And then like, I would, you know, kind of go down and like, and then what I would do is while I was, while I'm, you know, there pleasing myself, I'm trying to, um, I don't know how I'll say this. I'm trying to bring the energy out. Like I'm trying to, um, in the womb, I'm trying in like my womb space, we'll say trying to like alchemize whatever blocks I have to, let's say owning my dream home. And then once that block, I feel like I've sort of, it's been, it's done enough, you know, rounds in the, in the, in the washer, you know, like I can move that energy up and it comes up. And then I also find, oh my God, this is like, I wasn't expecting to kind of talk about this, but like, I also find that my breasts are very much erogenous zones. So it will kind of stay there for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then, and then when I'm climaxing, I'm, you know, and so you're of, sort of I, naturally bringing that and do you bring it all the way up into your crown or no? I don't know if I do. I think I bring it up to my breasts okay, <laughs> as great. high as I get. Love yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. And, and just out of curiosity. So when you're in the womb space, are you actively asking like, what are my blocks? What are my yeah. limiting beliefs? Or do yeah. they just come up? Yeah, no, they come up, they come up. So I'm like, oh, I don't feel like I deserve, you know, a ha- like a kitchen with this and that. I'm using the house as an example. Yeah. Um, or, you know, one of the things that I've always, um, I've always felt very connected to the water. And this has been a dream of mine forever is to ho- like own a home, let's say, or a property by the water. Mm. Um, so that's something that's sort of the next piece. Like we needed to have a home here in, in Toronto where I'm based. And now like the next thing is going to be like a home by the water. Cause that's really important to me. I'm always by the water, uh, in some capacity. So, but I bring it, I, I move it in and in and around my, we'll say womb space. And then it kind of like, I don't know, cleans itself. I don't know if that's the right word, yeah. but it cleans mm-hmm. itself and then it, it comes up. Yeah. That's so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I never thought to try that to like actually bring up the blocks. I'm going to try that next time. Mm. I will say that anytime I've ever worked with like Layla or Regina, just personally, they meaning like not in a workshop or just anytime I see them facilitate, they never start with the pleasure practice. 
Never, ever, 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 ever. Layla always starts with some sort of what she calls a reclamation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so first time it was mostly women. It'd be all women that we would work with. Um, but then what she did in her like big, like first co-ed sex magic, she would have like women and men, like all the women would sit like be on the ground, pleasuring themselves. And the men would be circling around us and like saying like, like the most base misogynistic, like abusive, like just for like, I mean, just horrible things. And then it would build. And so it's really trauma inducing. It's very triggering. And then, and you're by the way, like touching yourself, it's a very vulnerable thing. And then they builds all the way up to a 10 of like full blown goddess worship. And which is also very powerful. And then we would switch and the men would be in the center and the women would circle and say these things. And it also very triggering, and um, and then all the way to 10 to full divine worship inside of these men. And but and so people, you know, and then it takes me have to work through all the trauma that gets kicked up in that exercise. And it's holding space and crying and purging and processing until everybody is now like open, neutral and like the, the channel has been cleared. And then we will go into breath work and pleasure practice. So it's interesting that you're able to alchemize that in real time inside of the pleasure, which is cool because um, mm-hmm. you're you're clearing the blocks to the manifestation versus like whatever sort of societal, Oh, we have mixed company. And to your point earlier, like it can feel quite predatory if you have mixed company. So I've always seen, and then Regina, you know, she's famous for this technology called swamping, um, which is like where you Mm. dance your rage, you dance your grief, and then you put turn on into it. And so um, it's, it's like, there's no way to avoid the darkness. Right. And it's like, and I just love the Gibran quote of like the darkness carves out space for more joy. Mm. So let us not damn the darkness, right. Let us celebrate and bless the darkness because it is the thing that has made spaciousness inside of our container for more ecstasy and more bliss to come in, but not if we don't do the work of excavation. Right. And so it's like starting there, excavating that whatever is stuck or blocked or trapped or keeping you from being a vessel for divine ecstasy and bliss. That sounds so intense. That it is. experience. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And, you know, it's so funny because like the things that I've done, and this is just like us on vacation, right? Like this is what we're doing, like sort of like in our personal time. These aren't like workshops, but, and I also want to just say to people that are freaking out about the thought of ever masturbating in front of another person besides your partner, it doesn't have to be that ever, right? Like I have this dream, Giovanni, your fiance sent me a video this morning of like a massive room and he's like we're working on it we're working on it because i have this dream i have this vision of eighty thousand people in a stadium um and it's like lights up lizzo and then i'm emceeing and we do dancing and then we i lead everyone through a meditation and i get everybody to hold this five senses reality like you can see your house i want eighty thousand people holding this clear as a bell vision for the planet of the rainforest colorful the rainforest regenerating the coral reefs like reforming the planet cooling humans living in harmony with each other and with the planet and and then specifically how that impacts people's personal lives right. and then have Layla come out and lead sex magic and and so everyone's like yes 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 wait what you want me to you want me to masturbate in front of 80,000 people but it's like no we're gonna have like capes we'll have like privacy like beautiful bubbles like privacy bubbles or cocoons so that it really is you and God and you get to ride this energetic wave of 80,000 people doing the most purifying cleansing thing that there is. And then in so doing one, making history, 
largest collection of orgasms in human history as far as we know, and also change the trajectory of humanity from that point forward. And you'll get in the Guinness Book of World Records. So it's Great. it's a win-win. <laughs> Well, you know, this is, it's interesting because what do we say when we climax, right? We say, oh God, I mean, there's other things you can say, but like, oh God, right? Oh God, oh God, right? And that's, I think that there's, uh, and, and you know, I, I mean, I, there's other things I say as well, but that's, or like my partner's name, like, like my partner's name, I'll, I'll often say as well. And I think that that's, um, I think that's really interesting because you can really uh, touch God. I don't know if that's the right word, yeah. but it feels like you have ascended in some way that you are mm. self-actualizing in a way. Mm. Um, and you know, you're honoring and having reverence for the capacity of your, you know, your biology or your physiology in order, like, you know, I think that you have, you know, we were talking a little bit about trauma and, you know, worth, worth and, and need. And I think that sometimes I think just having reverence for the, you know, you mentioned like 8,000 nerve endings, like the, the clitoris has no reproductive function, zero reproductive function. It's just there for pleasure. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you can have some reverence for your anatomy, even very, just very basically, I think that that's, that's a way to get closer to God. And there's a, there's a, a thing from the Bible. I can't remember the it's Matthew maybe, but it's like the kingdom of heaven lies within something like that. Yeah. I had a huge mural on my wall at Ziva that said, what you seek is in you. Hmm. What you seek is in you. The kingdom of heaven is within. And we all know this as an, as an intellectual idea, but it's much more powerful to be able to experience that viscerally. And that's what Ziva does for you every day, twice a day, you're flooding your brain and body with dopamine and serotonin. And this is really just taking this to the next level because you're adding in endorphins and oxytocin into the cocktail. So it feels even better. And just when you were saying like, you know, most people when they were orgasm, they'll say, oh God, oh God, or they're, they're in their partner's name. But again, one in the same, right? Like, because we are all touching God. So you are seeing the divinity inside of your partner and waking up the divinity inside of you. Yes. And, and one book that I, we were talking about earlier in the pre-chat that I want to make sure that we just mentioned is the Magdalene manuscripts. Yes. So for like 10 months, like part of my awakening here, in addition to meeting Layla and Regina and Adam, um, is that Adam would read me bedtime stories. Cause again, we weren't in the same town and a lot of circumstances, but I couldn't really talk out loud. So I had headphones in and he would read in my ear and he would read me chapters from the Magdalene manuscripts every night. And I would fall asleep like within minutes. So this is just going into some like mystery part of my brain. Like I couldn't actually tell you what the book is about, but it seems that the codes got installed because they actually <laughs> yeah, yeah. like teach you, um, like she's teaching, um, like in the book, the practices that she talked to, taught to Yeshua, AKA Jesus. And it's a total reframing of this archetype that we've been taught as the whore, as the slut, as the prostitute. And it's a reframing that actually she was um, like a disciple of and an avatar of Isis, this Egyptian goddess of sex magic and femininity. And she was a very, very powerful, like Tantrika. Not the terrorist group. The goddess, yeah, not the terrorist, yeah. but Isis, yeah. the Egyptian yeah. goddess, yeah. Yeah. and um, and the, the so 
Mary Magdalene had ties to ISIS and knew these like powers and had had gained these like beautiful, powerful tools. And she was a powerful tantrika and she was teaching these tools to Yeshua. And that they are so now, and look, one fable is just as believable as the other, in my opinion, but that he was able to resurrect, like he was able to come out of the cave because of the life building and, you know, life force generating tools that he learned from Mary Magdalene. It's very fascinating. Reframe. There's so much I want to say about this because I think that, um, yeah, because de- I mean, death, we are so insanely afraid as a society about death. Um, yeah. Um, and I think that that's what you're, what you're kind of touching on is maybe that, uh, and I ordered the book on Amazon. It's coming tomorrow. So I will be texting you my thoughts and I'll be giving you summaries because I can't wait to read it. But I, I, I think that there's something there. Um, you said le petit mort, the little death in French, uh, for the word for orgasm. And there's something about, there is a little part of you that's maybe, or, you know, especially if you're using orgasm and at at least, you know, let's say, um, self-pleasuring and masturbation, there's something that is born every time that you climax and there's something that dies, you know, in the, I was kind of describing very poorly about how I sort of clean the blocks, you know, as I'm kind of, you know, trying to get something to rise, but that's part of it. It's like, I'm, I'm trying to kill this old story that I have. I'm trying to kill the, 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 the tethering that I have to this idea that, you know, in the case of the house, I'm not worthy of having this beautiful house. What are my, you know, what are my parents going to think or, you know, whatever. Um, I think that there's birth and death. That's um, fascinating. I've never thought about that, that every, I, I've definitely thought about well, every time something is created, I'd never thought about every time something dies. So thanks for that introduction. Um, that feels cool to think about. And I love the idea of doing the cleaning inside of it. Mm. Um, I will say on the, like every time something is created, it's like, you know, sex at its like old school, most pure, it's like, oh, well you, you sex is for procreation, right? It's a, it's a man and a woman and we inseminate and we make a baby and that's the point. Right. Um, uh, and thank God, thank goddess every time people have sex, a baby is not created because it'd be very crowded. And this, we would have already been extinct on planet earth. Um, and yet every time you orgasm, every time you climax, something is birthed, something is created. And so the question is, what are you creating with that? Mm -hmm. And like, and so even for like, if you never want to do any self practices, if this is the only thing you ever dance with this, these tools and practices, why not next time you orgasm, or even every time you orgasm afterwards, just pray, right? That's what I call it. It's like, let's pray. And and then you're just imagining the things that you would love to magnetize in that beautiful sacred time. It can be that simple. So well said. Um, Let's come back to Mary Magdalene for just a moment because she's a very interesting character. I learned, I was saying this to you in the pre-chat, she was a whore. She was a slut. She was, and the reason like she was following, you know, Jesus as he was going to be, uh, crucified. Um, and he, and you know, she had the towel and the, you know, his imprint of her, uh, of his face is in, in this towel. She was trying to have some sort of repention, uh, for the, you know, the plethora of sins, let's say. And 
If it wasn't for, I mean, we have to give some reverence to um, some of the priests at the time because we had the church kind of coming in at the time. They wanted to unify, you know, let's say paganism and they wanted to introduce, you know, Christianity and like the system for people to follow. And I think in order for there to be buy-in, they had to really control this narrative around who she was. She was, she was called the slut. She was called the whore, but she was actually the apostle of, to the apostles. She was, and then as you were talking about this, this book that I've ordered on Amazon, there is also speculation that she was his, uh, tantric, uh, lover, teacher, preparing him, um, for the afterlife. And I think, um, you still see that kind of language and which this is where I think a lot of the hangups that women have, we still see like, oh, there's the, you know, you know, you're driving, let's say, uh, downtown on a, like, let's say 9am on a Saturday and you see a woman walking in a dress. Oh, there's the walk of shame. It's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Where, where's the guy? Like the guy's also in the same, like he's in the same clothes. And why should anyone feel shame? Right. Why should anyone? Yes. I get so angry at that. It's like, I hate that term walk of shame. I hate it. The slut shaming garbage. It's like, she was enjoying, she probably had a great night. And so did he and can, or she Let's or they, they or whatever. Had a great night. Yeah. And can we just leave it at that? Why are we, why are we judging her? Right. And it, it's yes. always, it's, you know, I remember when my, my, uh, I have two uh, sons that I've birthed and then one, um, that I have, uh, that I've adopted through my, uh, marriage with Gio. I remember when my two sons were birthed, uh, <laughs> someone said to me, doesn't matter who, when you have a boy, uh, what was it? What did they say? Uh, and I, I, in my head, I was like, just shut your mouth. You had a child. Don't say anything like you're a new mother. But they said to me, um, when you have a boy, uh, you, you worry about one, one penis, essentially. I'll just make it PG. You were, but when you have a girl, you worry about them all. And I was like, what, what are we like, you know, right? Like I have a newborn child. I'm not thinking about his sexual future. He's certainly not thinking about his sexual future. What, what kind of wisdom is that? Wow. Right? Wow. Like you just think it's, about one penis. So That's not the word that was used. You think about one wow. penis, but when you have a girl, you think about them all. You worry about them all. Wow. It's like, I don't know, man. I don't know about this. And then you and, also and see so- rate like these. One more thing I, I want you to, uh, I, I, I can see you have something to say there. But the other thing is that when you are postpartum in some churches and in some religions, you're not, and even when you're bleeding, when you're on your period, you're not allowed in. You're not allowed in to the temple, the church, the place of worship. When we went to Italy in the Vatican city, I almost didn't get in because they thought my summer dress was too short. Like it didn't cover my knees. I was like, what are we going to do? I'm going to insult the Pope. Like, I'm just going to see like the beautiful, you know, whatever. And this is like, I'm Catholic. So I feel like I can, I can, I can comment on that. But I was like, what the fuck are we talking about? My summer dress is hitting above my knee. You're not going to let me in because it's not below my knee. Like what are we, what, what do we, what are we talking oh, about? Yeah. What world are we talking about? Yeah. So fascinating. Like, you know, that whole gender thing is saying like, I have a boy, I mean, for at least for now, he's a boy. And, uh, and when we were like pregnant and sort of talking into that, I would hear like different verbiage, different worries, different things of like, oh, if it's a girl, this, and if it's a boy, this, and 
And look, 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 I get that like pregnancy is real. And like, especially in a world where women don't have access to healthcare and abortion, like these are real concerns of like, oh, if you get involuntarily impregnated, like this is a, this is a concern that someone that does not have a womb will not have to face. Okay. And so like that part I get, and yet there's so many other layers of, like you said, slut shaming. And, and this is why I think it's such radical work that Regina has been doing for so many years of just empowering women to reclaim their pleasure Mm -hmm. and to use their pleasure for good and to lift each other up. Like it truly can be a radical act. It can be a radical act if, if someone's been trying to divorce you from it. And, you know, if you see like, you look at, if you think, look at people's actual faces when they're orgasming, it's, it's sort of wild and wide-eyed and sometimes open mouth. And it might, it much more looks like Kali or Durga, or at least like, like wild animalistic almost faces. I don't know what those words mean. Um, Kali K-A-L-I. She's the, um, like the Vedic goddess of, of destruction, like death and destruction, actually. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Durga is sort of the the mother. She's also, but like Durga is like your mom and she's like, don't put your hand in the socket. Don't, mm-hmm. do not put your hand in the socket. And then Kali comes out when you put your hand in the socket and she's like, I told you not to, you know, it's this right, sort of like, right, right, right. Wild. like her tongue is out. She has like a skirt of, of limbs of like, like arms. Mm-hmm. Like she's, a, she's a destructress mm-hmm. um, and she's, she's wild. But when you see people in, in Oregon, and like their faces look more like that than what we've perceived as like porn or like mother Mary. Mm-hmm. And so it's just interesting to see how we even portray like, what is that ecstatic state and how wild it can be? Because that I think is the thing that has been tried to, um, that people have been trying to control and shut down. And when you love yourself, you are not controllable. No one can fuck with you. Pardon my French. We've been talking a lot of French today, but you know, you when you love yourself, when you have mm. reverence for your body, mm. you are untouchable. You, no marketer is going to be able to tell you that you need X drug, you need X bag, you need, you know, whatever, uh, this to th- this external thing to, to create internal happiness because you've already created that you are filled to the brim and the, you know, the cupeth overfloweth with love for yourself. Right. Yeah. Like that's, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you're interested in control and marketing, right? Cause like there's billions of dollars of industries built on top of ensuring that like you stay in the I'll be happy when syndrome. Yeah. yeah. I'll be happy when I have the cream, the Botox, the partner, the whatever. Mm-hmm. 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 My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to see how many ease we get, how many explicits we get on this one. There's going to be a few. Um, I think that you're actually, this is the, like I've talked about this idea of, um, you know, from Mama Gina, this idea of like reclaiming that word, you know, when we talk about like, you know, pussy, like this, this thing of pleasure. Um, and this is the first time on the show that we, I have really, yeah, this is the first time that we've, I've really talked about this in the open. So I'm really, and may it not be the last and may it not be the last we'll get Mama Gina on the show and we'll continue this conversation. But Emily, oh my goodness, the transformation, um, it's, it's been so lovely to see your evolution as well, because you've been, you know, we'll put the links in the show notes for 
And the two, you did a live meditation during COVID to help people out. And then prior to that, uh, we were really talking about the Ziva method, the mindfulness, the meditation, uh, the manifestation. Maybe we can add masturbation. I don't know if that's like another M you yeah, want to add to. Yeah, the fourth M, I guess. The, that might be the next book, the fourth M. The fourth <laughs> M. Uh, this has been just a delight. Like I have just been tickled, really. Like my face is like pink with happiness uh, that I've yeah. been able to chat with you. I hope that this has been um, uh, wonderful for you as well to be able to begin to express and, um, and to, uh, to bring this, uh, slightly different, but also still aligned message with the original yeah. one. I think it's really, really, really powerful and worth, worth yeah. having another conversation around. And I would just love to know, like, because I'm, I'm about to take a sabbatical and I'm going to, I'm really, the point is to just make spaciousness for this new curriculum to be birthed and to create like, um, really accessible vocabulary and terminology so that we can get these tools into the hands of the people that might be turned off by some of the words or Kundalini or chakras or yep. sex magic might be really triggering. And yet the tools might be really enticing for people. Right. So I would just say that if people are listening to this and they want to like tag us on social media and just, just, I really want to connect. Like I want to know like what are your questions what are your blocks what are you working through what's your dream because that's going to help me as i'm cognizing and birthing this and why haven't you realized it yet right Mm -hmm. so what's the dream and why isn't it why isn't it here today yet i think that's a good um and then you can get what do we need to kill in our womb space (laughs) what do we need to kill (laughs) what do we need to run through the laundry cycle in our womb space yeah yeah (laughs) yeah this has been a wonderful conversation emily thank you so much thank you for having me i love you i'm so happy for your dreams coming true yay All right. All right. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I must give you the obligatory legal and medical disclaimer here. This podcast better with Dr. Stephanie is for general information only and the advice recommendations we discuss do not replace medicine, chiropractic, or any other primary healthcare providers, advice, treatment, or care. In the consumption of this podcast, there is no doctor-patient relationship that has been formed and the use and implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. The information and opinions shared on this podcast are not intended to be a substitute for primary care, diagnosis, or treatment. In other words, guys, be smart about this. Take it with a grain of salt. Take this information to your primary healthcare provider and have a discussion with him or her to make the best choice that is for you. Remember, I am a doctor, but I am not your doctor. And these conversations are meant for educational purposes only.